Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Hello. How was your Thanksgiving? Good. I don't know about you guys, but I love Thanksgiving um, dinner. My family does two different uh, eating times. We do dinner on Thanksgiving or a late lunch, and then we always follow it up with breakfast the next morning. Breakfast might be my favorite meal. Uh, but yeah, but this, um, this Thanksgiving, my mom, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, prayed over our turkey for us before she cooked it. And um, my sister sent me a text message. My sister is in town and my uh, brother-in-law. And so uh, she sent me a text message on Thanksgiving morning of my mom with her hands over the turkey like this. And she said, mom's praying for the turkey. I don't know if we're just that spiritual or if we're that fearful. I'm unsure. And I was like, that did not sum up my life. Um, So... I think we want this sense of predictability in life. And we want this sense of um, the turkey says to put it in the oven for this long. And uh, when I pull it out, it's going to be perfect. And how many of us know turkeys don't always turn out like we had planned? It was a good turkey. We were all well. We didn't get sick from the turkey. It was cooked properly. Um, But I think we all want this sense of predictability. And we have got this belief that If life is predictable, then I can find contentment. If life goes the way that I have planned for it to go, then I will be at peace. And we love this idea of one plus one equals two, that if I put in the effort in my job, then I will reap a reward and a benefit of a promotion. If I put in um, my effort with my children and I read all of the right books, then I will have amazing kids in the end. We want a one plus one equals two uh, life. Sometimes we'll say, well, I go to church every Sunday. And because I go to church every Sunday, um, then I am going to have a good Monday. I should. One plus one equals two. If I have got my quiet time three times this week, I mean, every week it's three times and I'm just like, you know, my back porch with my coffee, with the Instagram posts, um, three times, then my children, I will be able to raise my children and they will never depart from the Lord. Um, If I pray every prayer and if I read every scripture and if I do all of the right things, why am I not healed? It's not predictable. So in those moments, the question is, when it's not predictable, how are we? How do we navigate life when it is oftentimes unpredictable? I think about the disciples um, at the Last Supper and they were sitting with Jesus and uh, Jesus had been giving, telling him them all along the way, like what he was gonna do. And I'm, it's about time for me to leave. And they're sitting there having their dinner and he's telling them again, I'm gonna leave. And oh yeah, by the way, a few of you in the room are probably gonna, you know, 
do some really bad things over the next few days and you're gonna deny me and it's gonna be bad. And, and I can imagine as they're like uh, hearing all of this, but he's like, but I'm leaving and, uh, and it's gonna be good. I imagine they get stuck on the, whoa, what do you mean? Somebody in here's gonna deny? Nope, nope, not me, not me. I mean, did you hear that? It, I, it's not me, I don't know who he's talking about. I do all the right things. And so there's no way that I could fall into that trap. And so they're all just like murmuring about this, like, what is he talking about? And um, Peter says like, well, where are you going? And he's like, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna prepare this place for you. You can't come right now. You're, I'm gonna come back for you. The song that we sang, when I thought I was lost, you found me. He said, I'm gonna come back for you. And they're just so confused. And I just picture all of these guys. Um, and I, I love it because they're so human, just like us. I just picture them like, what do you mean he's leaving? And I'm, but that wasn't the plan. Like, I thought the plan was gonna be, but I mean, doesn't he know, like, we're not finished yet. Like, we're not finished doing this thing. And, and they're just like talking amongst themselves. And, and then uh, I imagine this. I imagine um, Thomas, they're all like right behind Thomas. They're like, have Thomas ask one more time because I'm, I'm a little bit confused. Thomas, you ask, okay. Thomas was like, okay, if I don't know Jesus where you're going, how will I know the way? I'm so confused. And, I, and Jesus in the middle of the chaos of the moment and, and then looking at him like, I, I don't know, this is not the plan. He says this in John 14, six, and this is where we're gonna um, camp out today. Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. In a moment of confusion, he said four very powerful words, I am the way. What in the world does it look like when you are in a moment that is not predictable and your plans have not gone like you wanted them to go for Jesus to show up and say, I am the way. He says, I am not only like here with you now, but, and, and I'm leaving, I know it doesn't make sense to you, but actually there's gonna be an upgrade in your life like you've never experienced before. I know it doesn't feel predictable and it's not your plan, Thomas, but I am gonna go away. You were, when you saw me, now you're seeing the Father. You're gonna get an upgrade. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be beautiful. Trust me that I am the way. Not only are you going to find me, but you're gonna have full life. Life bigger than you could have ever imagined. And I, I was looking at that scripture about the I am the way and it's just like, it's so powerful and it, the, those four little words feel so weighty. And, and I found this word in some of my reading and it says the way can also be named the journey. What does it look like to say I am the journey? The I am is the journey. In Psalms 139.5, I love this. This is the Passion Translation. It says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way and in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. He says, I'm actually the road. 
I am the path and I'm gonna go before you and I'm gonna come in behind you. I am the journey. I know that this one plus one does not equal two to you right now, but trust me, we're gonna go somewhere together and it's gonna be better than you could have imagined. Over the last 12 months of our family's life, it has looked very unpredictable. And there's been a few seasons in our life as a family that we face that have just been really, really hard. And this last year has been really, really hard. So about probably, um, let's see, last summer, uh, of 2020, we were in a ministry, uh, like a core group meeting. Uh, the, the leadership around here meets about every other week and we spend time together and it's so beautiful. And we were worshiping together and it was just a regular, a regular meeting time. And, and Nate was on the guitar and we were worshiping and it was beautiful. And I was just like, God, you're good. Life was good. Everything was going just fine. And out of nowhere, I'm just, I remember sitting on, on uh, Joel and Lauren's couch, just like, God, you're so good. And it felt like, a, you know how like the cartoons where like someone runs into a brick wall or something like that. It felt like um, the Holy Spirit was like, I'm gonna give John a job in Austin. And I was like, okay, he has a job. And it wasn't in Austin. And uh, I'm like, well, Okay, now John had been wanting to move up in his career, just like we all wanna pursue excellence in everything that we do. And so um, I thought, my goodness, okay. But it was one of those moments, I don't know if you've ever experienced the Lord in a such a way that it is a moment that marks you, that you know that it was not in your head and it was not something you thought about. It was not the pizza you ate the night before. Like this is him. And it is like, I feel it in my entire body. And it was that for me. And so we invited the ministry team in as family does. It was a beautiful picture of family and they gathered around us and they prayed and they spoke life into what we heard God say. And, uh, and it, was, it was like, whoa, I, I don't know what's gonna happen after this, but this is pretty amazing. And so we left and over the course of the next like maybe two weeks or so, John, we really decided, we're like, you know what? We're gonna partner with this word. It doesn't look likely. It's, there's no like, it's not like he's like, go pick an apple in an apple or orchard. Like it wasn't like that. It was like, this would just have to be you if this came about, but hey, we're in for it. And so we partnered with the father and we just started praying about it. And we were like, God, if this is gonna happen, you're gonna move mountains and you're gonna make it happen and we'll just take one step at a time, one step at a time. And so our first step often was just like, I remember driving in the car and in down times and we would just like pray out loud. Like, God, thank you for this word. Thank you that in your timing, that it's gonna be so perfect. Thank you that what you've, this like you have the best for us and that you can move mountains. We trust you to move mountains. And so probably two to three weeks later, Roughly, um, we get a, John gets a phone call from his boss at his current job. And his boss says, John, there's a job in Austin and uh, it's a promotion and I wanna put you up for the job. Would you take it? And we were like, whoa. Like, I mean, listen, I have 
heard God's voice and I have seen him do a lot of things. And normally it takes a really long time to see the ending of something that God said, but I'm like, this was fast. And, and this like, God, you spoke something and it was invisible and I am seeing it in the natural now. Like this is incredible. And so it was like celebration, total celebration. Like this is amazing. Look how good God is. It was like, I wanted to scream from the mountaintops like Jesus is the way. Like Jesus plus nothing. Like we didn't do anything. The only thing we did was pray and wait. That's it. And we did this. We are putting ourselves back in that predictability of it is Jesus plus me equals success. It's Jesus plus my smarts actually equals the way. And he's like, no, no, no. It's Jesus plus nothing equals the way. And so life for us was messy. And I had a choice to stand on what God had said as stress started rising in just everyday life, pressures, new job, normal things, growing children, all of this stuff, could I lean into the promise that God set over our life or was I gonna question and doubt? Was I gonna blame him? Was I gonna blame me? Was I gonna blame my husband? It would have been really easy for me to say, this is your fault, John. If you wouldn't have, if you would do this better, then my life would be easier. See, now I'm gonna put Jesus plus my husband equals success and that's not it either. I think about John 16, 33. This is in the Amplified and man, have I thought about this a number of times. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribulation and distress and suffering. Some translations say you have trouble. But be courageous, be confident, undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. This is my favorite part. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. I am the way. It was probably August of this year and um, I was taking my daughter to Arizona to college. And what would have been a very like celebratory season was actually a season of our life that was very weighty. And we had a lot going on, all good things. But how many of you know that sometimes even the most beautiful things feel weighty? And it carries this level of responsibility. And sometimes it's like, what do I do with this? I hadn't seen John in weeks. He was gone. I think I saw him, 40, I saw him five days in the matter of 45. And life was just yucky. So we're driving to Arizona. And I got a, we, the day before we left, we found out that John was gonna actually be able to come meet us in Arizona. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, you are so good. You have heard the cries of my heart. And you know that like, I need my husband. I want my husband. I want him to be able to say goodbye to our daughter. He hasn't seen her in months. And, and, and this is good. You are providing for us. I wrote it in my journal, how good he was. And the next day we are making the second half of our um, journey to Arizona and 
we're driving, Madison and I. When I get with Madison, I act like I'm 20 again, and it's really fun. So we're like, you know, jamming to music. It's all going good. Get a phone call on the phone, on the car, and John Taylor hit, you know, speakerphone. Hey! And I could hear this quiver in his voice. And he said, um, I can't come to Arizona. Actually, he had just checked into our hotel that we were gonna meet him. And he said, I have to leave. I'm gonna leave the keys to the hotel at the front and for you to get in. And uh, I've gotta go back to work. I'm really sorry. For us, it was one of those, it's kind of the final straw. How many times do we know that it's not the one thing, it's the million things. And it takes that one final thing to say, I am done. I don't know if I can do this one more time. And so he hung up, the vo- hung up the phone and Madison and I really just grieved. It was um, odd for hours, we cried, but it was like, wow, this really affected me in a deep way. Um, and so we just like processed with the Lord through it. And, and really it was just kind of grieving the loss of what we thought was gonna be this beautiful experience of the promise of God. And it's like, this isn't panning out like we thought. Stress at John's work is rising. Um, I got another phone call in Phoenix from him and I'm sitting on the uh, sidewalk outside of our hotel. And um, he's saying, I don't know that I can do this. My health is not doing well. And he was explaining to me some things that he was experiencing. And I thought, this isn't good. So we're gonna have to probably make some decisions. And I don't know that I have the emotional bandwidth to make those decisions. I'm tired, I'm stressed. I feel like I've been in a trash compactor for the last 10 months and I'm toast. So we hang up and I just like cried to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. Like this, this isn't, you said, this is what you were gonna do. And yet here we are hurting. I don't get it. So go back home. I'm home for about 12 hours. And um, at here back in New Braunfels, home about 12 hours, and I get another phone call from John. And he said, babe, I just lost my job. And I don't know if you've ever had those moments in life that like it, something hits so hard that the bottom falls out. Maybe it was health. Maybe it is your spouse. Maybe your marriage ended. Maybe you lost a job. But it's something that we had never experienced before. And, but it was like, no, but we were here. Like you promised us something and we saw you give it to us in the matter of weeks and now it's gone. And he said, I'm, getting on an airplane and I'll be home tomorrow. We didn't have a bank account stacked of money to say, no big deal. If you lose your job, eh, we'll be fine. We didn't have that. We just dropped our daughter off at college. We had another one in college. We've got a lot going on and it's like, oh, now is not the time (laughs) to not have a job. Not the time. God, don't you know? Felt like the disciples, like, but, He was like, where did you go? Where are you? This doesn't make any sense. And he was saying, Natalie, I am the way. 
in that moment when I felt like everything was gone. Finances, our marriage through the course of the 10 months was being stretched very thin. Our family structure and dynamic was changing and it was stretching very thin. My husband's health was not good and mine wasn't great either, coming underneath the the weight of just stress of life. And I remember after we, uh, so uh, after we got that phone call, which was September 5th, uh, he came home and we spent the week together trying to figure it out, what's next. So I heard God say again, in a still small voice kind of in your head, really quietly, because I'm like, God, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What are we gonna do next? Like panic, the whole thing. And he said, Natalie, wait for me. Wait. Sit still and wait. The more you try to make it about me plus you, the more dust and chaos you're gonna stir up. Wait for me. I think about the scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. That word still means rest, relax, sink into. Natalie, rest, relax, sink into me and know that I am good. I think whenever we hear that word waiting, we oftentimes associate it with this like laziness, like, or I'm gonna cross my arms out of anger or frustration, like, "Hmm, you better show up. I'm gonna wait for you. And it's not that. Waiting is actually an internal posture of your soul. And it's a partnership with your spirit. See, waiting for God and waiting as we allow Jesus to be the journey oftentimes does not look like a bed of roses and it is not predictable. But I think we have somehow come to a place that we are uncomfortable with that. And so when we hit that uncomfortable spot in the journey as he is leading the way, we question him and we question ourselves. And I think about Jesus Whenever he, um, before he went to the cross, he went to the garden and he prayed with his father. And he said, well, first he said, disciples, come with me and wait here. And then he went three times and he sat with his father in the garden. And he said, uh, Matthew, I think says his soul was grieved. And he said, will you take this from me? That was waiting See, he knew that the outcome, he knew what the outcome of what he was about to endure was gonna be victorious. But there was a process and a waiting to get there. And even as his soul was grieved and his father was with him, he said as he was grieving, but yet I still want to do your will. And I wonder for us in those moments, if we don't sit long enough, if we don't wait long enough, if we don't grieve with our father, 
and allow him to comfort us so that he can come in and strengthen us, so that you can come in and say, actually, I've got a victorious ending for you. I need you to wait with me because I am the way. I am the journey. See, when we wait, it gives God an opportunity to, for him to be our father, for him to be our friend, and for him to be our comforter. It gives him the time to come in and say, I actually wanna sit with you. And in those moments, we experience strength like never before. I learned a whole new meaning of what it looks like to say, when I am weak, he is strong. When I have nothing, he has everything. And we're still walking the journey. I can't come to you right now and say, let me tell you that he has a job. We're still waiting. But as we wait, we are experiencing some fruit in the waiting that we would not have experienced in the predictability. I'm experiencing peace and joy in a level and in a way that only the Father can bring. Because it's not by my might, it's not by my strength, it's but by His. And it's not my journey, it's His. He is the journey and He knows me by name. He knows what He created me to be and what He created me for. He knows my husband, He's known, He knows my children and He knows how to work all things together. And so if it's Jesus plus me, I'm, not, I'm gonna equal predictability. But what it is, is it's Jesus plus nothing equals the way. And when we can lean back and rest and know that he is God, we will have a different perspective. See, I am struck at when Jesus was going to the cross, those final hours and in, in that day when he was going uh, and he was like being tried and they were coming at him, are you the savior and speak up? And there were so many times that he was silent. And I think we've got this wrong perspective that in the waiting, we've got to be really loud or we've got to, to um, tell all of our friends and our neighbors about, about our season. And, and there's value in, in inviting people in your journey. There's value in that. Choose wisely. But Jesus, as he was being bombarded with questions, he knew the way. He knew that when he asked his father in the garden, please take this from me, he knew that the end result of what was about to happen was victory. Scripture says that he knew that he came to the earth and he knew that he was going back to the father. He knew there was an end game, but even in the middle, sometimes we still grieve and sometimes we still ache. See, his circumstances, the circumstances of Jesus, the pain that he experienced did not determine his rest. It did not determine the stillness of his soul because he knew that he was following the promise of his father. So as I'm waiting, as we are waiting, as you are waiting for maybe what is your promise to be fulfilled, Maybe there's something that God spoke to you years ago and you're waiting for the fulfillment of that promise. Maybe you're waiting for a job. Maybe you're waiting for a son or daughter to come back home. 
Maybe you're waiting for um, the test results to come back and they're gonna be uh, that you are cleared of cancer. Maybe you're waiting for your future to say, what is the next step in my life? And he says, if you will know that I am good and if you will know that I am the way and I am the journey, you can stand on the promise And even in the times that it is hard and you are grieving and maybe it feels like the whole world is crashing in around you, know that I am victorious. And that at the end of this, good will come out. See, Jesus knew that at the end of his suffering would be victory. And my wonder for us, do we know that the end of our current pain that the end of our current story, that the end of our current season, will there be victory? There will be, yes, because Jesus is the journey. It is Jesus plus nothing. And oftentimes in our pain, as we're waiting in the pain, we miss that the waiting is also this positioning for purpose to be revealed. It's positioning you for the promise to be seen. It's positioning you for victory. And in the middle of the waiting, sometimes there's laboring and sometimes there's contending and sometimes there's a simple just lean back and rest. Be still, sink in to him. Someone asked me recently, as the worship team comes up, someone asked me recently, how did you get to this place of peace? How did you get here? In the middle of everything, in the middle of life that was happening, how did you get there? My answer was, I just let Jesus lead the way. Because see, in him, all things will be beautiful. Today, they might not look like roses. Today, it just might be a seed in the ground. But the beauty's coming. And it might not look like what I thought it should be. But I know it's gonna be better than what I even expected. See, allowing Jesus to lead the way doesn't keep us from dying. It actually brings dead things to life. In the death of Jesus, we are victorious. In the death of a job, I am better than I've ever been before. Sometimes the promise doesn't always look like we think it's gonna look, but God has a bigger plan. And so we wait. We hold our hands out and surrender and we say, God, I receive. I receive your love for me as I wait. I receive your peace over my life as I wait. I'm gonna allow you to be the comforter while I wait. I'm gonna allow you to be my friend as I wait. 
And as He is all of those things to us, and as He comes in and He fills the need in your life that only He can fill, the beauty that happens after that is in that spot maybe of weakness or of sorrow over pain, you are stronger on the other side than you ever were when you went into it. And you're ready for the very next thing that comes. See, our lives are not marked by the loss of our circumstance. Our lives are marked by the goodness of God in our loss. To have a testimony, sometimes you've got to have some loss attached to it. And I think everyone in the room can agree that we've all experienced loss at some point. So how are you waiting? If you're experiencing loss today, my question to you is how are you waiting? Be still and know that I am God, that my victory is abiding. It's not, it's finished. It is finished. He doesn't go back on his word, his promises or yes and amen. He does not lie. Don't allow your circumstances to dictate your posture and your waiting. Because waiting is simply positioning you for victory. Wait well. I wanna invite the ministry team to come forward. And today I want us to respond two different ways. I think for some, we've never said, Jesus, I'll actually let you lead the way. I think too many times we, uh, our culture believes that there is multiple ways to God. There wasn't a way until Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's the only way. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, to allowing Him to lead the way in your life, today is the day. Maybe you can say, I have been struggling all of my life in the waiting, but it's just been me plus me, plus me plus me <laughs> equals predictability. I've never asked Jesus in. Today, it's real simple. Come up front and at, let someone pray with you and simply say, I'm ready to let Jesus lead the way. I'm gonna give my heart and my life to Him and I'm gonna say, come on in, Jesus. You get to be the journey. I'm tired. The second response is those that are, at, are, that are waiting for something. Sometimes waiting is hard. And you might be waiting in the middle of pain in the middle of fear. And maybe you're saying, I just don't trust God. Maybe you're saying, I, I think about that story of Jesus and as He was so silent on the, as He was being just bombarded by people. And maybe you can say, I have forgotten what the promise is. I wanna encourage you that you, your um, ability to journey does not dictate His ability to be the I am. Your mistakes don't dictate His ability to come in and still give you the victory that He's already paid for on the cross. 
And so the, the, the response today for those that are journeying can say, I'm tired or I'm weary. It says, don't become weary in well-doing. I'm weary. The antidote is receiving. Are you fearful? Receive His love. Are you full of worry and anxiety? Receive His peace. Are you full of feelings of lack? Receive His provision. And so today I just encourage you as we sing to come down front and say, I just need some encouragement in the way. I'm journeying with Jesus, but I'm tired. And so as we close, I just go ahead and stand. I wanna pray for us. Because at some point in time, we hit a season of waiting. And I pray that we each have a perspective shift of what waiting looks like. That the fruit of waiting is beautiful. Don't run from it. Don't push it away. Victory's coming. Be still and know that I am God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you are good. I thank you, Lord, that you have provided a way in the wilderness. I thank you that you've gone before us and you come in behind us. I thank you, God, that you have sent your son, Jesus, that he says, when you see me, you see the Father. That he said, I'm gonna go away and I'm actually gonna make a place for you and friends, family, loved ones, don't forget that I'm coming for you. I have not left you. I have not forsaken you. My plans for you are still good. And so I pray that as you wait, that you'll be reminded of the promises of God in your life. I pray that as you wait, that you will be reminded of the history of your walk with Him that you can look back and see that He was with you all the way. And that the journey actually has been a journey together. It's not been you by yourself, but it's been together. So Jesus, we just say, we allow you to lead the way. We trust you that you are the journey. And we just receive from you today in Jesus' name, amen.